Welcome to the Cost is Courage podcast. Being a human is hard, and courage is required to do it well. Whether you need a champion or a coach, we've got you covered. I'm Lisa Baker. And I'm Melissa Dyer. And we're so glad you're here. Before we get started, breaking in here to say that when we recorded the episode you're about to listen to, the coronavirus was at the top of everyone's mind. Right now, in the aftermath of George Floyd's tragic death, there's a lot going on that calls for courage in many different ways, and we wanted to acknowledge that. This episode on uncertainty applies to what is happening in our country right now, and look for a bonus episode to drop tomorrow on the courage to examine your biases. Now, on to the episode. Welcome, and thank you for listening to episode number six of the Cost is Courage podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about courage in uncertainty, but before we begin, I noticed on my calendar that tomorrow is National Donut Day, and I feel like we need to talk about that a little bit. Donuts are important. So important, in fact, that when I used to joke about running for political office, which I would never, ever, 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 ever do, just so we're clear, but I used to joke that my platform would be no donuts left behind. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be a winning platform. Yes. Yes. So, you know, we have a local, you know, kind of like our local homegrown awesome donuts here, Jupiter Donuts, where we live. But I was looking into um, what would we do. Like, where would we go if we needed to get donuts well, so right now? Say, I love that this is a priority for you. This is partly why we're friends. And so, you know, I do think I am that I am that mom that on like the birthday gets up and our you know Jupiter donuts. Like, you got to go early to get some of these donuts. They sell it's, out fast. Yeah. Um, they close when they sell out. Like, I don't think they make it to like noon most of the time. And I do that. I have I have several pictures of the box of the Jupiter Donuts with the sun rising because mm-hmm. that, that's how I roll. But I've learned, see, I'm not like a any donut kind of girl. I definitely have. And I was thinking about what are my favorites? I'm like, I have four favorite donuts. Okay. And some people would think none of those are really a donut. Like I wouldn't really classify any of those like I'm not going to eat just a, like a plain. Okay, I need to know what these are. Yes. I'm very interested. <laughs> so we have four categories. I feel like it's that that part of Elf where it's like, you know, candy corn, syrup, like all the different kinds of sugar. But Did I'm definitely. Elf? Elf. Elf. Elf, the movie Elf. Oh, yeah. like Elf, Sorry. the TV Sorry. show from the no. 80s about the alien who That's ate cats. Thing. Like, I don't know if there's anybody listening who would remember Elf, but I loved Elf. Oh, Monday my gosh. Nights. It was so good. Dog anyway. trigger. That was scary. Okay. okay. Anyway, so. Hardcore, my first donut I ever fell in love with was, I like the crullers, the French crullers. Do I, am I even saying it right? Is it crueler? Is it crawler? I don't know. I don't care, but I love it. And it's like, cause they're so like spongy inside that it's like kind of a popover, kind of a donut, got the sweet on the outside, but they're airy. So you can eat like at least two and not feel so bad. Like two is the same as one regular donut in my book. Mm-hmm. So I love the crawlers. Boston cream. Mm-hmm. That's like my solid go-to. Don't be chintzy on the custard. Definitely got to have that. A good apple fritter. Mm-hmm. Not any. Has to be really good. Has to be really crunchy on the outside. Lots of apple on the inside. And then 
dude, I could just die over the whole croissant donut relationship mixed, you know, the cronut. So dreamy because croissants are like my, one of my most favorite things in the world. So that's my top four, which is really weird that only one of them has chocolate, but they're all like I just being learned a lot. I just learned a lot about obscure, you. I, I love, like, and I love you more <laughs> for it. <laughs> and I also am a firm believer, like these are like the special calories that I am like, Oh, you shouldn't eat that. It's so bad. Um, but it's so good at the same time. So it can't be like the normal, although mm, I might have to make an accommodation because the Krispy Kreme right off the conveyor, it's like little angel. I don't know. Like you bite it. It's warm. It's sweet. Why do you want to bite an angel? <laughs> I don't know. It just, the smell smells like heaven. I don't know. Yeah. It's a whole weird thing. So I guess that's my five. Yeah. That's my top five. Very okay. particular though. Don't okay. be rolling in with the, you know. Yeah. So I didn't average. I didn't know we were doing this. So I yes. didn't give it any thought, but I, I do love like a Publix glazed, like just a standard Publix glazed really? donut. Love. Boston cream is also top. Yeah. You know, and then like, I love a maple bacon. Mm, I love yeah. interesting flavors. When I, I used to object to Krispy Kreme because I hate when things are spelled with K's when they're supposed to be spelled with C's. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> so <laughs> I avoided Krispy Kreme. And I'm like, and cream is not supposed to be crispy. It's supposed to be creamy. But when I lived in Japan, I used to teach private English lessons out of a Krispy Kreme donut shop in Tokyo. And they do some really weird versions. So like purple sweet potato. Really? Donuts. on a cri- For Krispy Kreme? Mm-hmm. I'm always oh, like... They do... Yeah. I, when I went to India, like I was really interested and I, I've done this overseas, you know, in Western, you know, Western mm-hmm. Europe, but the whole, like the spin off on our like fast food chain. I love like the specialties at McDonald's <laughs> in other countries, like just to find out what it is. Anyway, I feel like we went way, yes. way, way off track. So anyway, PSA, um, for you people listening, tomorrow's national donut day. So you have permission to comfort eat. In our times of uncertainty. Yes. Well, and I think where even donuts are part of the uncertainty is like under normal circumstances, like you might make like a health assessment, calorie assessment, yes. like sugar assessment, but you wouldn't make like an actual risk assessment. True. You know, and in this crazy time of COVID with so much uncertainty, like yeah. even getting donuts seems like there's, there's hazard. Like, do you know, well, do I want to risk going to a donut shop? Is my favorite donut shop even open? Right. Are they doing like, do they have any special procedures? Like, am I going to get it wrong? Um, it's- I, I think that is like, you're putting your finger on one of the things that's so hard is that even in the very ordinary things that we face, we are constantly reminded that we're in these uncertain times right. and we can't escape that uncertainty um, and it becomes quite unsettling. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's all extra uncertainty on top of just the uncertainty the that normal. we deal with in regular life. Yeah. You know, and like, I, I think a lot about like the different illusions that we live under that you kind of have to live under so that you can like, survive the day and not be crushed by like the existential weight of the universe. Yeah. You know, like 
we live as if we're immortal because if you thought every day about like how fragile your life is and how you could lose it, you know, you would be crushed by right. that. And so we're very unproductive at least. Right. Or yeah, very <laughs> unproductive. Or we like live under this illusion that we're self-sufficient and independent. Right. But really we do yes. need other people and it makes it so hard when those times in life pop up when you do need help because we live under that illusion. And so yeah. we also live under an illusion of like certainty security like that we know what's going to happen next yes so I do think you know what is hard is we're all navigating the uncertainty at the same time where in many instances that we might be more comfortable with you might have a pocket of your life where you're facing uncertainty and in relationship with a friend you can you know there's leaning that can happen um, you can lend and borrow encouragement from one another, but it's like, we're all holding these heavy bags of uncertainty and it's kind of like, where do you go? And we're all cycling through the phase of uncertainty. Like, am I going to push through and be super productive and try to avoid the uncertainty? Am I wallowing in the uncertainty? Am I grieving um, what I've now realized I've lost because of the uncertainty. Am I trying to distract myself? Exactly. Numb myself. And we're not going, through, like, we can't all get on the same cycle of coping mm-hmm. at the same time, which it, I think is a problem for me because it's like, if I see a post that's talking about like, dude, I was there three days ago and I need you to be something different for me. Like, I'm seeing a post on social media, I'm like, that's not resonating with me because that's who I was on Monday, but I'm more resilient today. And (laughs) you're not connecting with me where I am today. And we're all in this together and we all need each other and we're all trying to deal. And being a human is hard for all of us right now in different ways. And at the same, and in the same way, and we're all handling it different that's just a whole like weird. Now this is all a social uncertainty. Yeah. Like who, well, who do I need to be for you today? Mm-hmm. Well, and I've noticed where like at the beginning of all the social isolation and stay at home orders, I was, you know, reaching out a lot more connecting to people yeah. I hadn't connected to in a long time. Yeah. And I think partially because of what you're describing, you know, and just, where I've realized like I need to draw my own boundaries and like what I need, Mm -hmm. like I've actually pulled back and my circle is even smaller than it was before, partially because of like different people being in different places. And if I'm talking to someone who's in too much of a different place, it makes things even harder. And so it's just felt safer to kind of really bubble up. Yeah. I find, um, I feel like I've done that for the most part, what I've, how I've really done that is access to outside the outside information and like following the news a bunch and what I'm taking in because I'm like, I cannot control, like I am, you know, I am not an authority. I'm not running the government. Like I don't have the finances to solve the problem. Um, so I have, uh, been really careful about checking in to have an awareness. It's like, I know it's there Um, And then just how am I navigating the things that in my world are very, um, very, they are my reality that I have certain set of uncertainties that I have to navigate. And at the same time, checking in 
with a few close people that I know, like um, a friend that is getting called into the front lines now and, and going to have to work at the hospital where they haven't had that, you know, for the past several weeks and it's new, but it's like, okay, I need to, I need to have a little bit of a pulse and remember that this is going on, but it is not everything that's going on. Cause that's not going to be helpful, helpful for me to navigate with any kind of courage my set of things that I still, um, other parts of my world have not completely disintegrated. I have responsibilities, you know, I need, I need to continue through and just monitor what can I control? What can I have an effect on today? What's moving? What's a little squishy and, and learning that. And, but it has definitely been like a weird cycle of yeah emotion anxiety mm-hmm. you know well and I, that's something that I wanted to talk about like you know why is it that uncertainty is such a problem yeah. why don't we like it you know and I think what you just said like kind of touches on that you know that it you know it pokes at a lot of our vulnerable places like where we feel insecure where we feel unsafe, where we feel scared, mm-hmm. anxious, you know, where we're not in control. We don't, we don't like to think about how we're not in control. Again, why we live under that illusion of certainty. We have created this um, beautiful false reality for ourselves. Yeah. And like, I think uncertainty, yeah. like it definitely touches on helplessness. Yeah. Which I think pulls, you know, if you have any kind of trauma history, yeah. you know, and depending on how much of it you're experiencing, like it can be traumatic all on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to know things. We like things to be black and white. Well, we like to know. We like to know things, next. but we do as long as it's gonna be good, right? <laughs> For yes. the most part, and I think that that is a little bit a part of the courage is that we need to. It's a choice that we are going to have the point of view of yes, this is a lot of unknown. And we need to navigate kind of our patch of the ground, but we, it is a choice to say, it's not going to be the end of things. Things will be different. They won't be over, you know, every single area of life is not going to be over. Mm -hmm. Um, And choose to have a little bit of flecker of like, you know, hope and positivity because that is going to, motivate motivate us and help us um, build some resiliency and some um, perseverance through the fact that it is very hard and it's hard for everybody at the same time. Yeah. And I think like we talked about in our first episode when we were talking about like what courage is, you know, so I think in recognizing like what uncertainty is and what feeds it and where it's coming from, that courage in the face of uncertainty is like not letting all those feelings be the thing that takes the lead. Yeah. You know, that it's still our virtues and our values. Right. You know, we use those to make decisions about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And at the same time too, we don't want to totally squash and discount and be unaware of how we're feeling about certain things. It's Mm -hmm. like your thoughts need to grab the hands of your feelings so you can move forward, you know, 
mm-hmm. appropriately. Cause I'm like the days that I'm like, I just need to be like, well, those things aren't going to happen. And that's very real. And it's okay for me to be sad about that, but mm-hmm. it's not okay for me to only stay in that lane where new things could happen. And I don't know how it will work out exactly, but if I move forward and try to, um, and try to do what I can about impacting those things that I'm probably actually, um, building a better reality than if I just sit there and Mm -hmm. I choose not to do anything because, you know, that's a choice to just be like, well, that's it. Not going to work, you know, can't move forward. Um, but I know for me personally, I do, you know, I kind of like, let's not feel the pain charge through. And I have caught myself. I'm like, okay, so, you know, you charge the mountain for three weeks, then you kind of were like, why are you running so hard? This is gonna, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And then I had, okay, it's all right to feel a little pain and feel a little loss. And now it's like, how can we move forward now that you've, you know, mm-hmm. run the loop, I've dealt with, you know, a couple nights of some anxiety and like thoughts. And I think it's because my brain's just trying to find a way out of the problem. And there is not a way out of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I think that transitions us well into kind of what do you like, what do you actually do? Like what how do you actually cope? What are what are steps that you can actually take to sit in uncertainty, to face it with courage? You know, what what do you actually do? And I feel like especially the weeks of all of this, you know in my sessions with clients, the same things keep coming up. And so, you know, whether it's uncertainty because like you, you lost your job and you don't know what's going to happen right. next yeah. or uncertainty, just like, am I going to get it? Is someone I know going to get it or someone I know already has it? Are they going right. to, are they going to pass away? Are they going to be okay? You know, down to like, what, what are we going to do about, high school graduation or and where can I get some toilet paper where can I get some toilet paper (laughs) yeah real talk um you know that in in all of those things I think being very aware of how you're feeling you know sometimes like there's there's definitely a time for distraction and numbing yeah you know when you look for too long at something that is painful and scary and difficult it's overwhelming and so it's okay to need to take a break from that so first all of this comes from a standpoint of no judgment. Yes, exactly. We're coming from curiosity yeah. and non-judgment. Yes. You know, and so getting okay with like just tuning in, being curious about like, how am I feeling today? How am I coping with this today? I know that this is something I've had to do yeah. every week, if not every day, like to keep recalibrating, to feel like, you know, how does this feel in my body right now? Yeah. Like how, how am I doing mentally? How am I doing physically, socially, spiritually, right. and really checking in, you know, yeah. and. Do then, you, so do you journal through that? Do you find yourself journaling through that? Do you have like a practice that you do or. I have in the past. I don't write, write this second. I don't know. I, there's a practice I like that's called morning pages mm-hmm. that comes from a book called the artist's way, which okay. we can yeah. put in the show notes. Yeah. That is a, I like 
it as a journaling practice. It's very mm-hmm. stream of consciousness. Okay. And there have been times when it has absolutely changed my life. And so yeah. I'm a very big fan of it. But no, not right now. Um, now, like I'm actually putting together a mindfulness class for some dementia caregivers that I work with. <laughs> and so um, it's been great because it brings all those mindfulness techniques yes. to the forefront. And so that's the big part of it. I mean, mindfulness is just a buzzword for paying attention right. to where your mind is. Yeah. Like that's, that's it. And so I think tuning in to especially our feelings during this time and yeah. tending them right. is important. And then like, I would say maybe the other major thing is like focusing on what you can control. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of that. I know that obviously, you know, I'm an extrovert, so I'm finding that um, being in a house with a couple introverts, like I am that just, just that, like, we don't even need to talk about the conditions why I'm, you know, like everyone else, we're kind of homebound, but what I'm finding for myself is to be very aware of my social need to use words and talk and interact with people and have things expressed aloud. Like, I need that atmosphere around me. Um, So I've had to be really in tune with, I'm like, why do I, it's like, I feel like inside and it's like, why is nothingness going on inside of you? And I'm like, oh, it's because this is like you in a vacuum. You are not getting some of your social needs met. And, or if I hit something and I'm like, why do you only want to eat sugar today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about that because that's emotional, you know, what's going on with that. So, but I do, I, um, I do like to kind of run that loop of, okay, what is the, like, what's the problem? How can I not solve that problem? What would I like the outcome to be? And what can I do to impact anything? Yeah. You know, like it may be, well, I can't control if the school decides to do a graduation or not, but I can make sure that I get our laundry done today because we should all have clean, nice folded clothes. And it was something productive. Like it just kind of keeps me grounded to, Hey, there are other things in life that I can do. And even though I can't solve many of the problems I feel trapped in um, there, I've, I need to move forward on the things that I can do because Letting the laundry pile up is not going to be like, that's not going to be great. You know, that that's not helpful for me in any way. Continuing the course of like, I have choices. I can make choices. I can be productive. I can, I do have a little bit of a kingdom. Maybe it's not as big as I'd like it to be right now, but, you know, having control of that, you know, I'm trying to get Mm -hmm. the green time outside. Watch what I'm eating, making sure my sleep is good, making sure I'm getting some fitness, things Mm -hmm. like that. Keep myself buoyant as much as I can. Yeah. So I think in those moments where we recognize that things are feeling out of control or we're feeling sad or whatever it is that we're feeling that we identify, when you focus on what you can control, it kind of soothes some of that squishy. Yeah, that feeling. You know, that that feeling so out of insecurity. I think that insecurity is probably like the root of that. It's a reminder of 
Yeah. <sighs> I mean, and ultimately the things that we can control start and end with us. Yes. You know, the things we say, the things we think, the things right. we do, our effort, our yeah. actions, not what other people are doing, which right. is always really hard. And I think especially now, <laughs> yes. you know, and so even when you're saying like when people aren't on the same page, you yeah. know, it's like, okay, well then the part I can control is like whether I'm going to interact with you yeah. or not, you know, what boundary I draw between us right now, you know, speaking up for myself. If you're talking about something that is too upsetting for me, you know, I know that's a, a boundary I've had to draw over and over again because like the the main piece of advice I keep giving people is like don't only limit your physical exposure to the virus, but limit your emotional exposure exactly. to the virus. Yeah. Except then because of my work, I have to spend hours and hours every day talking <laughs> about the virus. And so outside of work, drawn some firm boundaries about you know, no virus. Yeah. What I can handle talking about. And no religion, politics, or virus talk. <laughs> yeah. I'm, good. Right I'm good. With, <laughs> I'm good with the religion and politics. My husband and I love talking about those things, but we definitely, right now the virus is the only thing that's off the table. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's too, you know, t- what kind of information are you taking in? Oh, yeah. Being Be sensitive very- to um, how you feel. You know, when you do or when you don't, like, it's also not great to create an environment like you, you're in a vacuum as if this isn't happening. Because I do think that when you go to do something and you have that, like, jarring reminder that it is happening, um, that can be a little, you know, knock you off your kilter just a teeny, you know, as a jarring experience. But managing, I think how you manage, you know. Like you said, yeah. your thoughts, um, keeping, you know, a tab on your emotions, where you are mm-hmm. and, um, your choices. Mm-hmm. And I think another big thing to, to spend time thinking about is kind of where, like where you're rooted, like where your confidence, you know, kind of just for all of life is grounded in, Yeah, you know, whether it's in yourself or in your people you know, or especially if you're a person of faith, you know, yeah. how, you know, how much you root that in God and, um, you know, kind of, I think that has a lot to do with how you feel about uncertain outcomes, how you feel about general risk in life, like whether or not you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times anxiety and worry come from a place of it's not going to be okay and we have to freak out and, you know, think about worst case scenarios and brace ourselves and prepare and think about it constantly because somehow that's going to make it okay. Uh, because we lack a confidence somewhere that whatever comes that we will be okay. Yeah. I think that's really good. I know for me, I say this with a great amount of empathy because I don't, um, I don't struggle with anxiety, but over the past couple of years, I've had, you know, I've had maybe a handful of nights where it's really come upon me. And I'm like, wow, like, this is very hard. Um, and even someone who doesn't contend with that often, like, I'm like, wow, to have this um, as a part of your daily, you know, I can't even imagine the exhaustion. And I know for me, it's like, it was that the running mind and even it wasn't the 
the running the playbook of what if bad things happen, you know, all the potentials. But it was for me because my coping is, oh, we're just going to plow right through it. Like, and so it was like, oh, well, I can create all these things that I can do. And it's kind of like the distraction, the avoiding, whatever. And I know for me, it was like, I needed that, like, just reminder for me, it was, you know, be still and know that I am God, like, Mm -hmm. but just be still and let yourself just be still and be like, it's okay. It's okay to kind of float in the stillness and, um, not to have to try to run through it to get out of it or problem solve to get out of it or, um, marinade in it, you know, in negative emotions, but just to be still. Um, and I think that that is maybe for many of us, the gateway to be like, I've got to learn to be still so I can get in touch with where I really am Mm -hmm. and be effective in how am I going to navigate this with courage and in an uncertain time, Mm -hmm. you know, where is my courage? Mm-hmm. In this. Yes. So I think like, yeah, that, that grounding and rooting yourself, you know, I mean, the, the purpose of that a lot of times is like, is to pull you out of your head and back into your body, like to start with your senses, like to get mm-hmm. to that stillness and to really like focus on what is happening in here right now, you know, and pulling yourself away from the racing thoughts and, you know, all the places that your brain wants to go. Right. And, you know, to pull back to like, what is essential? Like what's at the core? So that's our, that's our helpful takeaway action mm-hmm. step is find a way for you to be still connect with yourself, mm-hmm. your thoughts, your emotions, your body, take an opportunity to get in tune, take, take an inventory of where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't know where you are, you definitely can't, tap into your courage, Mm -hmm. you know, to face what you have in your own, in what you can control for the day. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Cost is Courage. Being a human is hard, and to do it well, it's going to cost some courage. If you enjoyed this episode, one way you can tell us is by writing us a review. That would mean so much to us. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget to check out the show notes for resources, tips, and other fun surprises. Bye for now.